Hello, and welcome to Trending Peoria. I'm your host and proud Peoria Unified alumna, Sarah Meredith, and I'm so eager to take you on this journey as we learn more about the importance of public education and the amazing work our staff do every day to ensure every student is prepared to not only meet tomorrow, but to help shape it as well. What's currently trending in Peoria Unified? football. More importantly, all of the aspects that come together to make each Friday night in the fall so fun and the memories unparalleled. Whether you were a member of the marching band, participated in sports medicine, cheered on the team from the sidelines on palm, cheer, or dance, or actually played in the game, every single Friday night is full of so many special memories, especially this football season. For Peoria High School, this is their 100th football season, and we are so excited to be joined by Peoria Unified alumni and teachers as we talk about what this means to them and what Friday nights continue to meet for them as adults. Today, I am joined by current high school teacher and Peoria High School alumni, Kate Manasco, and two Peoria High School legends, Mr. David Skinny Hill and Coach William Babb, as we discuss the impact on a campus that these Friday nights can have, as well as what being a Peoria Panther means to them. Hello and welcome to Trending Peoria, Kate. Thank you so much for joining us today. Before we get started, do you mind telling us a little bit about why you chose to become a high school band teacher? Um, Yeah, sure. So when I became high school band teacher, I had already been teaching for about 10 years and high school was something that I had always wanted to do. I just never really found the right timing. And um, it's actually kind of funny when I was looking to make the jump for high school, I actually thought it was going to be Liberty. Um, There have been a few opportunities for me to go to Liberty and um, it just kind of fell through. And then Centennial came in my lap. And when the outgoing director had approached me about, hey, do you want to take over my job at Centennial? I kind of laughed at him. I'm like, no, I don't. (laughs) I was so content where I was at, but he sold me on it. And after a while, like it really grew on me and I can't really imagine being anywhere else. You know, here I am six years later. Um, People said I was crazy because at the time I had a very small child and now I just have a less small of a child. Um, you know, taking on the high school responsibilities on top of have being a mother of a young son. But um, I did it because I was just ready for a change of scenery. I was ready to do something different in my career and influence kids in a completely uh, different way in making art. Definitely. And I know you are a band teacher now and you've been doing that for years and years, but you started your career in our district as a band student many years ago. Um, When you look back on your time as a uh, marching band student, is there anything in particular that either stands out to you or that you're grateful for and how it's kind of influenced you still in your life today? Yeah, actually, I count myself more fortunate than a lot of students who come through any marching band program. Um, I didn't get the marching band experience as a ninth grader. I actually got it when I was probably about four years old, as early as I can remember, uh, being raised by the Trevor Brown High School marching band. Um, So coming into my freshman year, I feel like I had a better 
knowledge of what to expect. I wasn't taken by surprise by many of the activities because I had seen it. I'd seen other kids do it. I had participated in it as a junior high student, whether it was a feeder night with Peoria High School or with Trevor Brown High School. Like I just... I knew what to expect. I had studied privately so I could keep up with the music better than a lot of my peers. So just coming in, I had more of an awareness of what the expectation was going to be. So when I found myself in the program, I at least I think I was able to help my my peers who just didn't have that same experience that I did growing up. And I know your dad, he left a huge legacy. I remember even being very small and being at those football games at Peoria High School with your dad there or other events. And um, he, he really just made a mark in arts education here in Peoria Unified. And I also know um, some of maybe the difficulties of walking into your career, kind of being in a parent's footsteps. Um, to you, what does that legacy that your dad built and created mean to you now that you are also building your own legacy at Centennial? That's a good question. Um, I don't know how much of the legacy he built so much as he just continued status quo. And you always try to leave a program in better condition than you found it in. And I think my dad did do that at Peoria. And those are values that he instilled with me and going through the, the Peoria high school program with him was actually really fun because high school band directors are some of the busiest people I know. And I think that had I not been in the program with him, I don't know how much I actually would have seen my dad in my four-year high school career. So all the events that he was doing, I was also at. So you know, I, my dad and I have a great relationship now, and I think that's largely due to our experience together in four years at Peoria High School. And now following in his footsteps, initially, you know, I'm not going to lie, it was it was difficult. Um, I felt the effects of perceived nepotism of the, you know, the people who would say, oh, you only got this because your dad. And it was obscure things like you know, I auditioned and I got a scholarship to NAU for, um, you know, my performance on trumpet, which is something my dad would have nothing to do with yet. Somehow that was just the perceived notion that I didn't have to work as hard when honestly, I felt like I had to work twice as hard just to show that I, nothing was handed to me that I had to work just as hard, if not harder than a lot of my peers. And then when I finished college and I came back to the district to teach, you know, there was always the, oh, you only got the job because of your dad. And I'm thinking, are you sure? Because we're in the middle of a teacher shortage. I'm pretty sure that's why I got the job. Um, and so there, there was a thirst to um, prove myself. And admittedly, getting married helped. Changing my name helped immensely. And um, as soon as my dad uh, left the district and ultimately retired, I, you know, I, I almost never hear his name brought up anymore. And I can go to sleep at night knowing that everything I've done has been me and my hard work, but, you know, also the values my dad taught me. So I don't know if that answers your question adequately, but it kind of ties it all together. No, it totally does. And I, I feel so many of those same things. I'm fortunate to still work in the same building as my mom regularly. And so I, I feel that in a lot of ways that 
eagerness to work harder to prove that you are there on your own merit. And I think that's something um, you've done. I can speak from my own experience having um, known students who go through Centennial's marching band. And I was so, I don't want to use the word jealous, but I was so jealous of the Oldbrook family that they got to have you as their band director all those years, just because I knew um, what that program was and those values you instilled in that um, community there at Centennial and that you just continue to grow year after year. Um, when we're thinking about the fall and the football season, it's so easy to get lost in the competition that's right there in front of us every Friday night. But I know, having been a marching band student, that there is a lot that goes into those Friday nights, especially from the angle of the band. Do you mind sharing a little bit about, A, what you do every Friday night to participate in those games, and then also a little bit about the marching band's competition season as well? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm so glad you brought up the competition aspect because that's the part that nobody actually sees, but um, they don't, I think a lot of people don't understand that that's actually why we're here. Friday nights are just our dress rehearsals for Saturdays. Um, and what I mean by that is Friday, sure, we love our football team, you know, Centennial football is kind of a staple around here. And I certainly love the culture we have at Centennial. I don't think we have any bigger fans on campus than coach Taylor and his football team. Like it is such a positive environment here. And we love working together on Friday nights, amping our team up, especially after not traveling uh, last year during COVID-19, but we're back and it's awesome. And it's so, you know, it's fun to be a part of that athletic culture, but ultimately what we do is on Saturdays. So Saturdays, a typical day at Centennial, especially as you head into October, is we'll have rehearsal the day after the game. We'll be rehearsing. We'll study our, I call it game film. Um, we look at what we did well. Uh, we look at areas that we need to improve and we will point people out on the projector and say, oh, you missed your dot by this much or look at this person. You moved an extra two counts when you should have been stopped there. Um, and these are probably things that the audience won't notice, but I will. But and more importantly, the kids will. And these are the things that we want to fix for our competitions um, on Saturday nights in October. So when people say, oh, the band sounded great Friday, I don't want to sound ungrateful because I'm so grateful for our community. But what I really wish people would say is, wow, the band sounded really great at your competition on Saturday, because that gives you a better perspective on what it is we actually do. All the thousands of hours we rehearse for an eight minute show, all the volunteers who are behind the scenes doing props and equipment and fitting uniforms and feeding the kids and doing last minute patchwork for a kid who split their pants the day of a festival. Like these are the things that I wish people understood is what my job actually is. Friday night is just something I get to do for fun. Definitely. I know. I remember being a marching band student and those Friday nights, they were the most fun, but a lot of times you were out until 10 for the football game. And then it's a 6am call time that Saturday to go off to this festival where you spend all day, not only just preparing and making sure instruments are ready and you're in the right headspace to go and perform, but then you get to see all the other marching bands throughout the Valley perform and you 
you get this feeling of like, oh, this is why we have rehearsals hours upon hours every day and why we work so hard. And it is, it's just this different, very special aspect of that marching band experience. Um, when you think back to what it has been like for you throughout the years and especially, you know, Peoria High School, they're coming up on their 100th marching band and football season this year. What does that mean to you as kind of going through this system, both as a student and as a teacher, what do you think some of the greatest things that our students can gain from going through marching band and participating in it? Also, such a good question. Um, well, having when I started at Peoria, it was their 75th year anniversary. So tells you a little bit about uh, how ancient I might sound. Um, just when you attend Peoria High School, you know, the flagship high school, as some call it, it's just there's such a different energy. And when I look at those kids now, um, and Mr. Malone is doing such wonderful things over there. And he's also in his fourth year. So he's got his group of seniors that started with him as freshmen. Like they're just going to have such a really like magical year. And I know how sappy and sentimental that sounds, but it's just, it's going to be so exciting for them. And just as somebody who watches from the sidelines down 83rd Avenue, it's, it's rewarding to watch that program continue to flourish and do well and to watch Mr. Malone really take hold of something that once belonged to my dad and just, you know, continue that legacy. You mentioned legacy earlier and just watch what Mr. Malone does with that program. You know, they're going to Washington, D.C. in the spring um, under the invitation of uh, Representative Lesko, which is so awesome. I would love to have gone on a trip like that. You know, and as they approach that 100th year, it's just there is such a different energy on that campus. And so when students are a part of that, you know, they I don't know if they're all going to turn into, you know, an old high school band <laughs> director working somewhere else in the district. But I, I see it in my students now, the experiences they're taking. I've got some of my upperclassmen and we go on trips and already I hear them reminiscing about, hey, do you remember the time when we did this or this happened on that trip? There are a few stories where I'm like, wait, what happened? Um, okay. And I have to like plug my ears and pretend I didn't hear that, but you know, they're going to reflect on those memories 20 years down the road and just be so grateful that they had it. And, you know, when you think of Peoria high school, that's only enhanced by their 100 year anniversary. That's really cool. Definitely. I know I can think back on so many times that I am sure um, Mr. Garrison also would just probably rather I not bring up, but there is so many things that are really special um, being a marching band student and being able to participate in that way. And you really do. You gain those lifelong friendships that you're able to reminisce on. And so many times I think um, it's overlooked just because so often it is, oh, we're just there for the football games. But being able to represent our district on that national scale and being able to do these really big things just based on students' talent and their ability to collaborate together and work together towards this common goal. Um, switching gears a little bit, can you talk a little bit about what your fall season looks like this year? What are some things you're excited about? What, more importantly, what is your show this year for Marching Band? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. So from a football standpoint, we've got a pretty tough schedule, but you know, it's who we are. It's what we do. And you, you grow from playing tough opponents. So I'm really excited to see what our football season 
uh, will bring us. As far as our competition circuit goes, we participate in an organization called uh, Arizona Marching Band Association, AZMBA. So we have three qualifiers and state championships. Um, so the way I schedule our season is we start in October and we compete every other week leading through to about early to mid-November. Um, our show this year is titled Rise Up, which I thought was appropriate given just the current climate of um, you know, COVID-19, the effects we're feeling um, when it happened and now how we're coming back from that. So the show is based off of Igor Stravinsky's Firebird Suite. So, you know, the theme of just total loss, decimation, and how we rise up. And our second movement features the works of Andre Day's Rise Up, uh, in which we'll actually have a vocalist singing, a very talented vocalist named Shayla. Um, so our show is basically about how to cope with loss and how to move on and, you know, find all the positives and just rebuild from that. That sounds like the most fitting show for this year. Um, and I know, especially for students kind of working through those shows, especially band kids, they're attached to music and the emotion in it. And so that's just such a great and special thing you're able to do. Um, for people who don't know about the competitions for marching band, you said there's three qualifiers and then there's state. And then I believe there's still something called super state lovingly. Can you share yeah. a little bit about what that process is? So they are a little bit different. Um, so there's a, two circuits for marching. One is AZMBA and the other is the uh, Arizona Band and Orchestra Directors Association or ABODA. And with ABODA, if you qualify, I want to say it's within the top 20 at state. And that's within all of the divisions, whether, um, oh gosh, it's been a minute since we've done <laughs> ABODA. Uh, but there's four divisions. And if you just score within the top, I think, 20, you get to participate in super state, whether you're a very small band or a very large band. So not everybody gets to go to super state. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, in 2019, Peoria High School did qualify to go to super state. I think they may have been the only one, but I also may be misremembering 2019, like a lot's happened since then. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but with AZMBA, um, everybody qualifies for state uh, or they call it championships. So you go within your division. Um, we've typically competed in class 3A, which is the second largest. But, you know, due to COVID, a lot of bands, almost every band I know of, their enrollment has dropped. So we're now competing in class 2A. Um, for the 2021 season. And as long as you participate in one show, you qualify for state. And I'm such a data nerd. I look at all of our scores and I compare, I have line graphs of how we improved um, and I compare ourselves to other groups just so you can see where we're running in relation to other groups. But I don't know that everybody is as nerdy <laughs> as I am. Um, and then similar to Aboda, if you score within, um, I don't remember exactly where the cutoff is, but if you're in the, the upper echelon of championships with AZMBA, you get to go to grand championships the following week. And similar, you get to compete against different size bands. 
Definitely. And I don't think you're the only one who compares that because I have faint memories of being on the leadership team, having to look at those scores and having to say, okay, well, this is where we were. This is how much better we need to be by the next one to qualify for some of those things. And I have very distinct memories of that. So you're not alone in looking at all of that data and comparing it. Um, before I leave you, I just wanted to ask you um, a couple more questions for you. Looking back, what do you think, like, if there was one memory you had to pick that was your absolute favorite being a student in marching band, what would that memory be? Oh, my good gracious. Um, being a, Okay, my favorite memory, being a student in the marching band. Um, I thought it was really awesome when we performed in the Holiday Bowl in San Diego, um, I was drum major at that time and I'm probably misremembering it and just conflating it to more than what it actually was, but it looked really, really cool to have every band who was participating in the holiday bowl and who had done the parade, you know, you got to do the halftime show. And I remember it was, um, K state and Washington university of Washington. They were both purple teams is all I remember. Um, and in the halftime show, I think we just played like the, like Carmen dragon arrangement of America, the beautiful and all the the bands had some like the winds had something to do percussion had something to do color guard had something to do and all the drum majors were sitting around like twiddling their thumbs and so if i the way i remember it so gosh i hope it's true is um I remember talking to whoever was in charge and saying, well, why don't we just place conductors like every five or 10 yards and actually just conduct this. So we're doing something productive. So being able to like, in my head, lead a giant ensemble like that at a collegiate bowl game was pretty awesome. That is pretty awesome. And I got chills thinking about that too. That is definitely a standout. Um, And then before I let you go, is there, if, one thing you want to either share with our community that we haven't touched on or just that you um, want to express before we leave? Um, well, to any community member who uh, may come across this podcast, you know, just, you know, really look at what your students are doing in their arts classes, whether it's a visual art or performing art. Um, you know, it's so important, I think, especially now more than ever, that students have an outlet to express their creativity or their emotion, Um, you know, just coming out of whatever it is we've been dealing with for the last almost two years, you know, it's done a number, I think, on our students' mental health. And I don't think we fully uh, have seen the ramifications from this just yet, but giving them just this opportunity or this outlet to perform or distract them or just to get them involved, I think is so incredibly important. And I think a lot of students are finding a lot of catharsis for being in these ensembles, whether, like I said, whether they're playing in the band or in their dance class or are in ceramics, you know, just making sure that kids have outlets, creative outlets to expend some of this, you know, whether it's a nervous energy or some anxiousness or just whatever they need, just continue to support your kids through arts education. It's so important now more than ever. I could not agree with that more. Um, I remember being in high school and like every high schooler, I had some things going on in my life and it really was, it was always in any arts classroom, 
just a place where I could put that all on pause and just make something beautiful, either in a photo class by myself or being a part of those ensembles, working with the team to make an outcome that was just beautiful and kind of allowed me to decompress and some things like that. Um, well, Kate, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today and share a little bit more um, about the impacts of our marching band and some of the things that they do that are just so amazing and go so far beyond um, those football stadiums every Friday night. Yeah, happy to sit down and talk with you. Thank you for inviting me. Hello and welcome to Trending Peoria Skinny. I am so excited to have you here to join us today. You are somewhat known as a legend around Peoria High School and in the surrounding community. <laughs> Can you start by sharing a little bit about your illustrious career as a teacher and just everything you've done for the Peoria High School campus? Sure, yeah. Thanks for having me today. This is awesome. Um, yeah, I started my career back in 1983, uh, just out of college, starting at Peoria High School. And um, so over the years, I have taught science, I've taught speech, um, STEM classes, I've coached, uh, advised different clubs, um, all sorts of stuff like that, announced uh, just about every sport that we have on campus at one time or another, um, emceed a bunch of assemblies and different activities there too. Uh, so that's... Um, Quite a, quite a fun time I've had with a lot of those things. Uh, retired from classroom teaching in um, um, 2013. So I taught 30 years there and I was fortunate that they wanted to keep me around. So I came back working in the bookstore uh, part time. I still uh, work with our Mesa program, our math engineering science program at Peoria and um, club sponsor, still announcing um, and doing you know, anything they want me to do around campus. So fortunate to still be around campus. Uh, so it's a lot of fun. Definitely. And I know you have been with Peoria High School for such a long time um, and seen thousands of students go through that school. And I am sure if I were to ask every single one of them about what made Peoria High School special, they would all have a different answer. Um, but to you, what is it that makes Peoria High School this very special place where people want to send their children and their grandchildren and just invest so deeply into. Well, after 40 years, I could probably give you a whole bunch of uh, reasons why Peoria is such a special place too. Um, all the things that I've experienced over the years, the staff I've gotten to work with, uh, the students I've had to work with over the years. Uh, it's just been awesome. Um, we have a saying at Peoria High School about uh, that we have a tradition of spirit, pride, and excellence. And so, you know, I love the traditions at Peoria High School, uh, going back, you know, almost 100 years now, um, that we can carry those traditions on through the years. Um, the green and gold, uh, I bleed green and gold. So the kids dressing up, the staff dressing up in green and gold Fridays and the spirit we have on campus, um, the pride that people take in, in being a Peoria Panther. Um, and then the excellence we strive for uh, both academically and socially and with our activities and, and sports and all is just awesome. Um, uh, I love the diversity we have at Peoria High School, uh, all the different students that we've we've taught over the years, um, uh, different cultures, uh, including deaf culture for a while. That was awesome uh, to have those students on campus, too. Um, we offer a variety of sports and activities so that there's pretty much something for every student 
at Peoria High School. So that's really cool. Um, I think the biggest aspect is is um, uh, is the aspect of family that we're all part of the Peoria family and. Um, and then we really strive to uh, bring all the kids into that idea of that they are they are part of the Peoria family. When they graduate, they take that with them. So that's um, uh, that's a really cool aspect of of all the teachers and the staff and the students all working together and becoming family there at the at the high school to achieve uh, the goals that everybody's looking for. So uh, there's really something to be said about our chant that we do on uh, the assemblies and Friday nights about whose house cat's house. And uh, we truly are all coming together to uh, to be Cat's house. So it's 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 cool. Definitely. And that family aspect, too, it isn't something that when a student graduates, they kind of leave behind in high school. It carries with them throughout college and career. And I think something so, so special about Peoria High School is um those cactus Peoria games where you see <laughs> generations of alumni coming and to show that this is still the cat's house and that there is that ownership over it um, in the community. I think that is just so special and so awesome to kind of watch from the sidelines. Oh yeah, absolutely. The cactus Peoria game is a great uh, tradition uh, that we've seen over the years. Uh, I remember when we used to have the, the, the Cactus Puri game at uh, Glendale Community College. It didn't fit at either high school. And we had everybody in the whole community, Peoria, Glendale, alumni, uh, everybody come back for that game. And we'd have 10,000 people there uh, cheering on each team, which was awesome to see. And uh, since now we have so many other high schools, we don't quite have that, but still a tradition and the uh, the amount of fans we have and everybody that come back for that game and talk about that game is still uh, still a stellar night for everybody. It is. And I think even though um, I went to Kellis, so I, I didn't get to do it, but I have been dragged to many a Cactus Peoria <laughs> game, either by friends or family. And it it is just it is so special. And it it speaks to that pride that people have. And um, you mentioned the excellence. And I know that you guys have phenomenal graduation rates and your state champions in sports and in electives and other activities. And it is just something that seeps through the entire culture of Peoria High School and makes it a place that once once you graduate, you never really want to leave. Yeah. Yep. And it's kind of true, too, that you see uh, it seems like just about anywhere you go uh, around the nation, around the state, uh, that you're going to run into somebody that has a connection with Peoria High School. Uh, we've heard story after story. And I've been um, to the Grand Canyon. I've been to Disneyland, things like that. I run into a former student or somebody that sees something and says, hey, you were you were at Peoria High School. So it's really cool to see that connection everywhere you go with Peoria. And that legacy and that legacy is almost 100 years old. I know um, this is our 100th football season, but Peoria High School itself turns 100 next year, correct? Yeah, yeah, we're still we're getting things ready to celebrate uh, our 100th anniversary with um, Old Main and Peoria High School opening in the fall of 1922. And so we're getting everything geared up for some great celebrations next year involving the community and bringing back alumni and really getting our students focused on um, that whole history of Peoria High School. 
Definitely. And that history is something um, so special. I know you bring up Old Main, which for those of you who don't know, it was the first high school building in Peoria Unified. And it has gone through so many things throughout the years, which I am sure you have seen firsthand all of the transitions. I've heard stories of when that um, building wasn't being used and the drumline would be out on the quad and they'd sometimes see animals coming out of it or things like that. But now it's home to our um, Met Professional Academy and our um, Peoria Flex Academy as well, which are just two great programs that um, bring in students from throughout the district to then get to see a little bit about that culture and what makes Peoria High School so special, um, kind of just by being on that same campus as them. Yeah, yeah. And that building is just so uh, special too. I, I remember... Uh, my first day going up to interview at Peoria High School and just uh, parking there on campus and walking up to that building just in awe of uh, what that building looked like and and uh, you know getting to see this in the middle of the high school campus was just uh, just an awesome view right there. So I haven't had the opportunity to teach in there. My wife taught in there in Old Bain, but um, but just you know all the all the experiences I've had around Old Bain and and around the campus and seeing the changes in the campus and the growth as. Uh, has been neat to see uh, see uh, how Peoria High School's grown. Oh, definitely. Um, if you were to look back on your time as a Panther, uh, what is some of the things that just kind of stand out to you as high points or just things you take a tremendous pride in? Um, I, it's interesting. I, I think back a little bit about uh, when I've talked to kids, uh, former students that I've had, uh, and um to think about some of the comments, they will, you know, they never mention about, hey, remember that lecture that we had on redox reactions or remember when we talked about Newton's laws and so on. Um, you know, they don't remember a famous lecture or anything, but the activities, the projects, the the different things that they were involved in, the hands on types of things that they did on campus are, are the big things they remember. And those are some of the ones that uh, the biggest things that I remember uh, on campus, too. Um, we've had kids building um, just in my classes, uh, soapbox derby cars, um, uh, projects where we had cardboard boats, um, egg drops, uh, all sorts of different things that we've had. Uh, we built cardboard chairs for teachers, uh, things like that. Um, kids will reminisce about um, different football games, um, state championships, uh, a club that they were in, uh, asking if that club's still around and things like that. So uh, I think it's all the involvement that the kids uh, really remember and um, some of the lessons that they learned in the classroom that they actually got to apply um, to those activities and those projects and, and um, the extracurriculars that they did, I think is really awesome. And, and uh, those are some of the things that I, that the memories that I take away over the years of, of um, you know, working with the students on all those different activities and projects and, and being around seeing a lot of those different things we've done uh, over the years uh, at Peoria. Definitely. And those, they truly are the things that kind of um, stick with students after they leave. I know I have so many more memories that don't include learning the Pythagorean theorem, but do include <laughs> some of that application. Um, and those stories that you tell that when you come back with, with your friends from high school and you reconvene, you're kind of picking up where you left off and you're talking about, oh, what happened in my science class or what happened in my math class or just some of those crazy things that you don't in the moment realize how much of an impact that they're making. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of uh, kind of neat thing is is um, my vantage point from the press box on Friday nights at the football games. 
you really get a picture of a lot of things from Peoria High School because you have uh, the students coming together and and cheering and sharing and having a great social time there uh, with friends and family that they have. Uh, you see alumni, community members come back and reminisce and uh, and again cheering on our team and thinking about the things that they did over the years. Um, you see the football team taking the lessons that they've learned and applying those lessons out there in the field as they're you know marching down the to the goal line. Um, you, the sounds of the marching band on Friday night and taking all the hard work that they've done over the weeks uh, and months of preparing their show and uh, just you know hearing the roar of the crowd uh, at the end of um, uh, their performance at halftime. Um, it's just neat to see everything all pulled together. And from my vantage point up there, just watching it all and, you know, being a small part of it is just, uh, it, it makes my Friday nights just, you know, awesome. Yeah. Well, and I, I want you to know you are not a small part of it. You are by far probably one of the most iconic parts of it, especially in your green and gold and occasionally in your plaid golf pants. And you make an impact. <laughs> yeah, I have a little bit of uh, a little bit of green and gold that I wear. So I definitely uh, I, I said one point when we were talking about the other schools being built and so on, I said, why? I couldn't go teach at another school because all I own is green and gold. So uh, you have, have to start over with a whole new wardrobe. So uh, well, that's a good reason that they got to keep you. Um, <laughs> and I do, I, I think it's really great that you bring up that point though, that on those Friday nights, there are so many aspects that are at play there. And one of the things that I think, and I am so jealous of any student who got to go to Peoria high school for is that students don't just come to the game for the football. They come to the game to cheer on that marching band that works tirelessly to put together their show. They come on to cheer on the cheerleaders who are there cheering on everyone else. And they, it is a full family atmosphere and they're there not just so that the football team succeeds so that the campus succeeds and that they can continue to build and grow that legacy. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the place to be on Friday night. It's uh, uh, there's something for everybody there. And, and, um, and it's great to see the crowd get so involved and, and cheer on every aspect of the game uh, from start to finish. So it's, um, it's just a great event that happens, you know, each, each, you know, Friday night, we have a home game. Definitely. And also those Friday nights when it's away, you still, unlike some of our other high schools <laughs> in the Valley, you have a huge turnout every single time too, to even those away games. And it's so awesome to see. I know as a student at Kellis, I was always excited for those um, Peoria high school games. A, I got to see former friends from elementary school, but B, I always knew they were going, there was going to be so much energy in the crowd and I knew it was going to be so exciting. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's been some away games where it's it's great for Peoria, but it's kind of sad for the other team where we actually had more Peoria fans uh, cheering on at the game on the visitor's side than they had home fans uh, in the home stands. So so it's great testament for Peoria traveling and and supporting uh, supporting our teams and our and our band and our cheerleaders. Definitely. And. Before I get you, let you go, I know I could sit here and talk to you about this probably all day long because it is also one of my favorite things um, to share and talk about the history of our district and where we've been and where we're going. Um, as we look forward to this fall, and I know things 
are different than they have ever been in Peoria's 100-year history. What is something that you are just so excited for this fall and as you guys begin to celebrate this historic milestone that you're approaching? I think the biggest thing for me is is um, is learning about the history and uh, uh, and sharing a little bit of the history of Peoria High School. Uh, we have a group of um, myself and then uh, two former teachers, Bobby Gonzalo and Tom Doty, who are working on collecting up a lot of the history of Peoria High School uh, and putting together a website with that. And so it's been fascinating uh, just learning the stories and seeing the pictures and so on of the staff and students that have come before us. You know, I can go back and talk about the last 40 years to Peoria, uh, but the 60 years before that, um, just learning about all the things that happened and the things people did at Peoria. Uh, it's just been great. And having the opportunity to share some of those things uh, with the current students and the current community um, is the thing I'm looking most forward to, you know, continuing to learn about the history and, and being able to share that with people at ASK and, and uh, um, to enlighten them about, you know, where they come from, where, where, their, where their background is at Peoria High School. That is so exciting. And I cannot wait to see more of the work that you and that committee um, start to do and find, because I think something that is so special about any high school anywhere in this country is that as much as things have changed in the last 100 years, so many things are the same. And the struggles and the changes our students go through during that time, are they still ring true. And it's such a pivotal, a pivotal time in our students' lives. And that is so amazing that you guys are doing that work and I cannot wait to see what happens. Um, before I let you go, is there anything else you want to share with our community, either about Peoria High School, about those football games? I, I think the key thing is it's it's to me it's great how you know we've we have Old Main as as the centerpiece of our campus. And uh and there's still a lot of things we do with assemblies and with uh the spirit and all that goes back to uh, the past 100 years, uh, as we move forward with technology and newer buildings and some of the new learning styles and preparing kids for, um, you know, for careers and things in the future, uh, we still look back to the past and we still look back to those lessons that we've learned uh, over the years to carry on those great traditions uh, that made Peoria High School the great place it is. So uh, looking forward to the future, but still reflecting on uh, the greatness of the past that we've had at Peoria High School. Definitely. And that greatness too, it can be seen all around that campus um, from Old Main, like you mentioned, or even when you walk into the campus and you can see those trophy cases of all the victories Peoria High School has had throughout the years. It is um, just such a special place to be. And I am so thankful again that you took the time out of your day to join us and talk about Peoria High School a little bit and its legacy. Well, thank you. Yeah. Peoria High School is a passion of mine. So I've spent uh, almost 40 years there and, and I bleed green and gold. So it's uh, uh, they have a, a phrase, once a panther, always a panther. And so it's um, it's just a, a great place to be. And I'm so fortunate that I've I've had that opportunity to spend you know such a big part of my life there. Definitely. Well, thank you, Skinny. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you very much. 
Hello and welcome Coach Bab to Trending Peoria. We are so grateful to have you here today um, to discuss a little bit about the work you do on Peoria High School's campus and as well as with the football team. Can you start by telling us a little bit about the time you have spent at Peoria High, both as a student and now as an employee as well? Sure. Um, my parents actually moved to Peoria in 1975. Um, I grew up on 71st Avenue in Peoria, and it didn't go all the way through to Olive at Mountain View. It stopped and it was just farmland, and there was farmland to the east of uh, 71st Avenue. So I went to Ira Murphy uh, from kindergarten to eighth grade, and then Peoria High School, um, I want to say 84 would have been the first year. That is amazing. And I know um, Peoria High School and that whole community around it has definitely developed throughout the years as well. Is there, is it weird to you now kind of being a coach and having seen it transform even the campus of Peoria High School itself so much and seeing those kind of differences throughout the decades? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit strange. I mean, to be honest with you, growing up out here, uh, when you told people you went to Peoria High School, um, a lot of them were like, where, where's that and where are you from? And I would just tell them, you know, on the way to Las Vegas, you kind of kind of drive through Grand Avenue or down Grand Avenue, and then you'll end up finding Peoria High School. And that kind of clued them into kind of where we were. That's kind of crazy to think about, because especially it is such a landmark now, too, within our community. Um, and even thinking, too, I know a lot of people refer to it as the ag school. That's where the farmers kids went. And I, that still is another great legacy. Peoria is getting to continue to this day with their um, CTE programs and ag as well. Yeah, you know, it's funny, actually, my first job. Uh, we used to have a school board president named Charlie Burns, and they, he and his brother went to Peoria High School. Uh, their farm was just, I want to say, south of Thunderbird and Cactus in between Thunderbird and Cactus on 83rd. And that was actually my first job in high school. I think I made like $3.25 an hour uh, working for Burns Brothers Hay. I think I have heard a very similar story to this from Mr. Mike Moss as well over at the district office. Sure. <laughs> um. I know that your time as um, a coach, but also as a student made a profound impact on you. Um, can you share a little bit about kind of the impact being a player on the football team made for your career in high school, but also since then as well? Yeah, I, I think the biggest reason I wanted to get into coaching and teaching is just because I had such great um, mentors and teachers um, going up through high school. Um, you know, the coaches, obviously the Gonzalo brothers are huge and, and coach Clapp and, and, and a guy named John holiday used to be in the district. Uh, those guys impact you. You see them a lot. Um, coach Ritz was our basketball coach. Um, but I just had a lot of great teachers that I enjoyed being around in general. Annie Preston was a, a senior English teacher, just thoroughly enjoyed being in her class. Um, you know, Mr. Rawlings was a biology teacher. There's just it was kind of a unique, I guess, feeling and idea because at the time, um, maybe we weren't where we are now as a district where people weren't necessarily breaking down the doors trying to get into the Peoria Unified School District as teachers or even families uh, that had students that you wanted to be here. And I think when you want to be here and don't have to be here, um, what comes out of that product is absolutely amazing. 
I could not agree more. And I think something too, that is so, so special with the legacy of Peoria high school is that some of those people you mentioned, like Mr. Rawlings, he was even my biology teacher, not at Peoria, but when I was at Kellis. And so kind of seeing that impact in how that Peoria high school family has kind of just grown and grown and seeps through all different parts of our organization, I think really it's what makes Peoria Unified also just such a special place to be and live and work as well. Yeah, I'd agree with you 100%. It's it's kind of funny. I mean, this is a small community. Now it's a big city, but the community is still small and it just, it never fails. I mean, if you mention Peoria High School or I'm just out somewhere or I could be in an airport or I can be out of state, somebody just, it's almost creepy, will bring up Peoria High School in Peoria, Arizona, and it's mind blowing. But, you know, uh, it, it seems to come up in conversation in the oddest places in the, in the furthest stretches of just this, this area. Oh, definitely. It's almost like you can't escape it at times, but I think it's in the best way. And I think it's um, as big as we've gotten to it. You, you still have that small town feeling and you feel so connected. And um, I'm really fortunate. My siblings went through Peoria High School. Most of my friends went to Peoria High School and just always being so in awe of the culture that was emulated there every day and how passionate they still are to talk about their high school years because of the impact it made in their lives. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not a social media person. My wife's on social media. She has a, a Facebook. I think I'm getting ready to launch MySpace. I'm just trying to figure things out, but, um, she, uh, you know, she talks about it all the time. She tells me about the different groups and organizations that are out there that are Peoria alumni. And it's just, it's awesome to see just the pride uh, that they have in their school and their community. But, you know, bigger than that, people um, wouldn't react that way if it wasn't such a great experience. So just to be a part of that and actually being able to to live a part of my life as a student through that, it's, it's pretty amazing. It is amazing. Um, I know you work now mostly as a guidance counselor for Peoria. That's kind of your main role. And you work with students of all different backgrounds and you you take them from freshmen who can't necessarily figure out which building is which and where to go to seniors who are ready to leave and to take on college and career. Can you talk a little bit about the work you do to support those students? Yes. You know, the biggest thing is, is just kind of getting when they come in as freshmen, get them to think a little bit out of the box, uh, what the possibilities are. Um, you know, being a first generation college student in my family, um, sometimes you just don't know how to get there. You don't know what opportunities and options are out there. So when they come in as freshmen, more than anything, we just kind of want to expose them to what's out there, whether that's um, a four year university or a community college um, or a CTE program or a trade school um, like Westmec. We just kind of want to get the ideas out there so they can kind of maybe start thinking out of the box and see what they want to do and how they can accomplish it. And really, just as they continue to go on, as we talk to them a little bit as freshmen, uh, we want to plan their schedule accordingly uh, to what their goals are and what they want to accomplish. And then we really want to start talking about finances and what's the best way to um, 
go about accomplishing what they want. You know, an example would be I have a senior this year uh, that's in IT security and, you know, forever. He said, I'm a four year. I'm a, I want to go to college at a four year school. He ends up getting accepted to the Westmec program. And really, he's going to come out of the, the Westmec program and he's going to make as much money as he would have in that field if he would have went to a four-year school. So inevitably, he saved a little bit of money there, and he thinks he wants to go back later on. But, I mean, that's just the biggest thing as a guidance counselor is um, whatever a student wants to do, if that's go to college or get a job or pursue to pursue a trade, you just want to give them those opportunities when they finally do decide. And, you know, many times we do tell students, hey, we want to know right now, but we're still dealing with 14, 15, 16, 17-year-olds. And, um, you know, if, if you'd have probably held our hand to the fire when we were that age, we probably changed five, 10 different times. I am certain that I changed probably enough times to make my parents head spin every time I would come home and say, Hey, I think I changed my major again. Um, but that does, it makes a profound impact in our students' lives. And I know I have friends who, um, went to Peoria high school. And when they were freshmen, they thought like high school that was done. They were, it. that was, they were lucky to make it through high school. And that was their one goal. Um, but through the impact of you, as well as the other guidance counselors, they, were in positions where when they left, they wanted to go to college. They wanted to become marine biologists and social workers. And they they felt like these doors that had always been closed for them were suddenly opened. And I think that speaks a lot to also just to the amazing work that the staff at Peoria High School do day in and day out. Yeah, I, you know, with uh, all the different counselors that have been here for multiple years, I, I, I do. And even before the time, you know, when I talked to the Gonzalo brothers who graduated in the 60s here, they talk about, you know, st you know, student advisors and guidance counselors and things like that. So, you know, we always talk about there's a tradition of ag, there's a tradition of athletics, there's a tradition of community. I just think there's a tradition of great staff members. And um, this place has been very, very fortunate because anytime that conversation comes up, um, even if it's in the 30s or the 40s. And and I have some family members that are related to um, the baskets that are farmers in this community and, you know, went to school in the 30s and 40s, their family lineage. And they always talk about just amazing teachers and faculty members. So I think that's a huge part of the tradition as well. I think I think you're spot on. And that is what kind of makes or breaks a campus's culture. Um, switching gears a little bit, you are also the head football coach for one of, I would say, the best football teams out there. How do you think your work that you do as a guidance counselor transfers onto the football field? I think if you ask our kids or ask parents that I work with is, um, I just I, I want to be very, very honest and truthful with how life works and and, you know, what you need to do to try to be successful in life. And I think my approach and guidance is just honesty. Um, I say this all the time is the truth isn't meant to be confrontational. It's just the truth. And I think uh, the truth will will grow you as a student, you know, that sits down and in our office and talks about maybe not getting it done academically and we can find reasons why we're not, but here's the truth. And it's the same way in athletics. I mean, you don't have to tear people down to tell them the truth. You just have to be honest with them. And I think those actually, those two fields kind of mirror each other, you know, in the guidance office, you know, if a kid comes in and says, I want to be the number one student in my class, well, this is what it's going to take. And um, it takes what it takes, you know, there's no, kind of around it. Well, I think I want to be the number one student, but I want to do these things. 
Um, and it's the same thing in football. Um, there's a correlation. You kind of, you kind of get what you deserve in life in general. And hopefully we're working, uh, the right ways to get what we want. Definitely. And this year, it is a very special year for Peoria High School. And I would hazard to guess for you as an alum, even more special that we're coming up on the 100th football season. And then next year is the 100th school year for Peoria High School. Can you share a little bit about what that means to you or any special ways you and the football team are celebrating this huge milestone? Sure. Um, I, I just think it's cool. I mean, maybe 51 year olds aren't supposed to say that, but there's not a lot of schools. Schools are popping up all over. We're growing as a city. Um, everything is new. You go to some of these new campuses, they're absolutely amazing. Um, and, you know, to think that, you know, our kids and our, and our students here in this community are coming up on their hundredth season. It's just, it's, it's kind of mind boggling to be honest with you. Um, even growing up as a student here, and I was a teacher here when we turned into the 75th year, and I thought, man, that's a long time. But to think that we're to this point, um, it's exciting. You know, what we're doing as a program is um, we're just trying to honor our past. I think that's something that we've tried to do um, for an extended period of time long before I was even the head coach here is just kind of honor our past with the way we play. Um, we play for our community. We play for one another. Um, we actually had some jerseys kind of modeled after the jerseys from the 20s and 30s and 50s um, and the kids are kind of excited about that not very many people can do that um, so we're we're pretty excited about that and you know here we are we're off and running definitely and I know um like I mentioned, my siblings, almost all my friends went to Peoria High School and I always remember being so like envious of them because of that rich history that they got to be a part of. Um, and not to say I didn't have the best experience possible at my high school, but just that they were, so, it feels when you're at Peoria high school, you're a part of something so much bigger. And even when you walk onto the campus and you see old main, the original building all the way through buildings that were built in the seventies and eighties. And then more recently in the two thousands, you see kind of like history living around you on that campus. And it is so special to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. We, you know, it's, we have a new coach on our staff and he was actually the head coach at another high school here uh, locally and his wife and his kids are pretty young. Um, and they were just talking a little bit about it. They were saying, Hey, dad's got a new job. He's, he's coaching with coach Bab over at Peoria high school, but he, he was telling his kids about the train that comes through usually in the fourth quarter, um, at football games. And, you know, something that kind of stuck with me because his wife came to her for her first game last Friday. And she, she had mentioned, I just can't believe how, how packed it is. And this coach actually coached at a 6A school, which traditionally they're going to have a, a larger student body than we do. But she was just amazed at, at, at how many kids were there and how they were enjoying themselves. And, um, you know, it was the center of the community uh, many, many years ago. But to our community right here in Southern Peoria, it's still a big part of it. It, it definitely is. I remember being a student at Cheyenne Elementary, which is just right there. And so every year for your guys's um, homecoming parade, you would come by. And I always remember that just being one of the highlights. And it's just one example of that real community that is there. And it's so nice to see the high schoolers engaging with those elementary students so that when they go on to high school, they 
already have some of those connections and know some of those traditions and already feel involved on day one as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, that, that's the exciting part. I think, uh, you know, even for, I, I've always enjoyed athletics, but there was, you know, my sister was a cheerleader here, my older sister, but, you know, even as a kid, I used to come to games and I was in elementary school and and that was part of that extension part where you would go to a game and and you knew all the players and, you know, for all intents and purposes, that was kind of our NFL team when we were kids at that age, we'd run around in the stands and run around the end zones and you knew the coaches and you're like, when I grow up, I want to be, you know, so-and-so, whoever was the player that you were watching at that time. That, that is so special. Um, and I know, especially this year, I'm coming off COVID and when we weren't able to travel for sports and some of those really special things were lost. Um, what are you hoping and most excited for this fall now that we're kind of starting to get a little back closer to normal? Yeah, I'm just excited for our kids. Um, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. It's, it, last year was probably one of the toughest things I'd ever been a part of coaching um, during COVID because um, we were doing the right things, taking all the precautions that we we could, but it was exhausting at times. And I think what people don't really understand is, is that um, we were, again, we were doing the right things, but inevitably we didn't have any control. And that's hard for coaches to accept. And I think it's hard for us just as people at times to, to accept that sometimes you have to have faith and just see where it goes and where it takes you. And and that's going to be the end result. So, you know, for, you know, this year, honestly, we're still doing our due diligence to make sure we're doing everything right to give our kids an opportunity to season. But I think just for me personally, I'm going to try to enjoy every single moment um, that comes up and accept also maybe stuff that comes up that I'm not necessarily excited about. Um, our program, we talk about it all the time with our coaches. This is about the kids. Let's not moan and groan about the things that they didn't have any say in. Nobody wanted to be in this situation. Um, if good things happen, let's enjoy them. If tough things happen, uh, let's deal with them. And then when we can, let's go enjoy the kids again and their experiences. Well, and that too, I mean, going back to what we were talking about earlier, that alone, such just such a great example for our students and that idea of perseverance, because um, whether we're in a pandemic or not, things in life just inevitably happen that we can't plan for. And you can do every single thing right and still something will happen. And so I think that perseverance and that great example you're giving your students of what that looks like is something that will stick with them long past their time at Peoria High School. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because when you're a guidance counselor and, and a lot of students, um, when you say, hey, what are you interested in? What do you want your future occupation to be? Um, and I was probably no different when you asked me as a freshman, I want to be a professional athlete. That's what I want to do. And really what you have to kind of make or, or help students understand you know, that's, that's definitely a great goal. And it's something that you, you, you want to do. Um, but the flip side of that is, is eventually everybody gets told they need to stop playing. They need to stop uh, doing athletics. If you play in the NFL, somebody eventually tells you to stop playing. Um, if you just go to college and finish up your four years, somebody is going to tell you that you're done playing. You, you can't play anymore. And really what you try to kind of instill in students is, is that you're going to do life 
a lot longer than you're going to do athletics. So while we're doing athletics in high school, let's make sure that we're trying to build those life skills because that's going to be uh, your long term job. Definitely. I remember I had um, a volleyball coach when I was in high school who taught us that very same thing. And that also not all of us would maybe make it to playing in college. And so we needed to have those skills. And she always did such a good job. And I'm so grateful now looking back of during practices, she would say, you know, you got to run a lap and the kids that cut corners, if you come back for a reference, I'm going to remember, and I'm not going to be able to say you never cut a corner. And some of those life skills that we get in that perseverance and that ability to work together as a team that you don't recognize you're building such great skills that transfer into college and career while you're just playing this game that you really, really love. Yeah, I would agree with that hundred percent sports today today has kind of taken its turn. Um, it's not necessarily anybody's fault, but you know, people are judged many times by what happens in an hour block or a two hour block. I was actually talking to a, a younger coach that's on staff. Um, he just got out of college. He was a college football player. We're talking about coaching in general and you know, he says, well, geez, how, how do you, you know, how did you do this for as long as you have, um, you know, and being a head coach and all those other things, we kind of discussed that a little bit. And I said, you know what, being a head coach is not always easy. There's a lot of rewards that come along with it, but here are the facts. He goes, I'm going to, I told him, I said, we're going to be judged on what happens on Friday night for two hours by people that haven't seen what we've done the previous 20 hours to get there. And that's kind of, you know, what you talk about and how those things go. And, and, and if you're just focusing on what happens in those two hours, um, inevitably you're going to be let down. There's a lot of great coaches that are hall of fame coaches, many that we've had in our district and are some of them that are in our district right now. Um, you know, to be an elite coach like those folks, that's, that's a true blessing. The majority of us, you know, we're around, you know, seven and three or five and five. And and if you're just hanging your hat on winning the state championship uh, more times than not, there's going to be more teams let down than not. Definitely. And that brings me to my next question. Um, as a student, as a teacher, guidance counselor, coach, I am sure in your time at Peoria High School, you've had so many highs and lows. Um, but something that I think is so special is that maybe even in those low points, there are really great things that we're able to take from them. Can you share some of those moments throughout your career um, that have just stood out to you the most? And at the end of the day, it isn't maybe winning that state championship, but that's what makes you feel so accomplished and so proud of yourself and your team. You know, I think the thing that I'm most proud of just in general, and I think it still exists today, a um, couple things. The first one is, is that to me, Peoria High School is truly a mirror of life. Um, we come from a lot of different backgrounds, whether that's socioeconomically, uh, whether that's just ethnically who we are. Um, you know, when I think about Peoria High School and, um, you know, actually having Japanese students here when other uh, places wouldn't take them. Uh, that's pretty amazing to me. When I look at a yearbook, and I'm a history guy, uh, when I know that it's the height of the civil rights movement, and a lot of those things are still going on, I see an African-American homecoming king and a Caucasian homecoming queen. And this is Peoria High School. This is where I'm from. Um, those things just really make me proud uh, to be a part of this place, uh, to to 
to grow up here, to grow up in this community. And then the flip side about it is the thing that I really do love about this place is that, you know, we don't come to Peoria High School to form the best athletic team. You know, um, we don't come to Peoria High School uh, to try to get personal things out of it. Our students come to Peoria High School because they want to be a part of this place, this tradition, those type of things. Um, I think many times we kind of gravitate to places and schools because of what the school can give me. Um, but the thing that I admire most about our students is uh, they come to Peoria High School because this is where they want to be, where they're supposed to be. And in their minds, what can we build ourselves with Peoria High School students instead of maybe going outside and seeking what we can build with other students outside this community? So I, I love that about this place. I think that is definitely one of the things that when you think of Peoria High School stands out too. I think that when you look back on its history, it has always been a place that it just feels larger than life almost knowing its great history and some of those things you brought up that it always is evolving and giving students its best, but in turn, students are giving it so, so much to, and taking so much pride in it and wanting to continue it and not let it down and feel like they are creating that amazing legacy for the next group of students that comes in. And I think it just is something that grounds it so deeply in that community as well. Yeah, I think, I think you're exactly right. You hit it on the head for sure. Before I let you go, I have just, is there anything else you want to share with the community or convey about either um, what makes Peoria High School so special to you or what this football season means to you coming off of a pandemic? Anything, any last words you'd like to share? No, I mean, we have a little saying here on campus, tradition lives here. And, you know, uh, it's been a hundred years and you know, hopefully our future students and, and, and teachers here, I, it'll be an, another great hundred um, more. But, um, you know, I guess we always say Peoria pride. I'm sure Mr. Hill says that in his interviews, Peoria pride. We talk about that. I think if you went through these halls, um, you've taken in what Peoria uh, can provide you and the opportunities it can provide you. You just leave here with pride. So I think uh, myself and fellow alumni, we just have great pride in this place. Well, thank you um, so much for sitting down today and sharing a little bit about your story. I cannot wait to see what you and the Panthers are able to accomplish this season um, and have a just the best football season available to you guys. I'm, I'm in. Where do I sign up? I'm all for it. <laughs> thank you again, Coach Bab. Yeah, thank you. Peoria is produced by Peoria Unified on a bi-weekly basis. A special thank you to our communications and public relations team, including Danielle Airy, Aaron Dunsey, Jacob Stanick, David Colley, Marquita Strunk, and Sarah Meredith. Until next time, you can follow us on Twitter at Peoria Unified 11, on Facebook at Peoria School District. And to stay up to date on trending Peoria, subscribe, rate, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Music.